What's good, everybody? Remember, your brand is a combination of why you do what you do every day and how you do it. But how do you create a successful and profitable brand? Well, that's what we're tackling today in this episode of The Ambition Show. Let's get it. So first, we will go over the basics in developing your brand and lay the foundation of how to establish it from the very beginning in a profitable way, right? And start building on that brand equity. Then we'll go over some activities that have worked for some of the largest and most successful brands around the world. Finally, how to audit your brand and understand the growth like pro, right? And identify what's working, what isn't working, and how to generate better return on your investment overall as a business owner. That's what we'll be breaking down today's episode. So what are the elements of a successful brand? Okay, number one, first and foremost, and a lot of people get hung up on the aesthetics and the visuals, but your brand is more than a logo, okay? Sadly, a lot of times, if you just do the search for branding and you look, or you look for you know, the brand of a business, Unfortunately, a lot of people get stuck at the aspect of a logo or they get stuck on that one piece and that one particular element. Now, don't get me wrong. We're visual creatures. That's number one. We we're all about the visual, right? That's why video uh, searches and shares and, and, and platforms far, far outperform, right? The typical platforms when it comes to any form of advertising, promoting, um, just social, social sharing. We are very visual creatures. We care about what we see, what we hear too, but really what we see, right? We're highly visual. We care a lot about colors and once again, aesthetics and how things look in combinations. But that's not where the branding ends. And in fact, that's not even where it really begins. That's just a key element, okay? When we see or when we showcase our logo, we want idea, right? We want to have an idea already designed in our audience's mind when they see our logo. Now, don't get me wrong. That, of course, can be different from indiv- from each you know individual. But overall, we don't want them just to see a product or a service when they see our logo. We want them to have a feeling. We want them to have a connection. And this is where that value piece comes in. This is where the profitability comes in, right? Because that perceived value will go into, is it va- is it profitable? Or I should say, can we generate a profitable relationship from it? And it's crazy because, you know, if, you, if you're hearing me, you notice I'm going to hit on a couple piece, uh, a couple pieces that I've, I've already touched on in a, a couple of other episodes regarding topics like sales, like digital marketing, web design, because they're all related. A successful business runs as one unit. Whether you are a solopreneur, you know, whether you are a sole proprietor, or let's just be real, you run the biggest company on earth. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay, it all must relate, it all must connect at the same level. And like I said, that element of your logo is just one piece of the brand. Everything else that goes on in your business must be consistent in that brand message, that brand deliverable, and that's what design, that's what develops value. 
And that's what brings value to that audience. So what value are you bringing to the audience? Who is the customer? What's your message? What do they respond to? And what entices them to take action based on looking at your logo, seeing your products, hearing your messages? Those are the other key elements of the brand. Do you know who your customers are? Remember, branding, personal brand, employee brand, doesn't matter. What you do, how you do it, can come down to even where you're doing it, but why do you do it? What's the purpose? What is your professional purpose? And is that purpose connecting with that customer's need? Why did you even start to do what it is that you do? How do you communicate this? How do you showcase your capabilities, your unique offering, a value proposition, right? All of those elements go within the brand. Everything that you do every day is your brand. You show up late for work every day, that's your brand at work. Flip it around as a business owner. If you deliver work late consistently, that's your brand. It's a tough pill to swallow if, if that's your brand. It's a tough pill to swallow. Hey, we've all, we've all been in some situation where we've had to step back and make an adjustment somewhere. Whether it's developing you know, more confidence, whether it's you know, changing the way we communicate with people, whether it be, you know, developing a new skill. Doesn't matter. Getting out of our comfort zone. And if you're walking around where you're saying, hey, my brand is perfect, there's nothing wrong with it. Okay. Then I have a question for you. If that's the case, number one, why even listen to this episode? Number two, if you are still listening to the episode after that statement, you didn't just turn me off. I appreciate it, first off. But number two, if your brand is perfect, then okay, let's measure. What's your ROI? What's your return on that investment? For every dollar you're putting into that business, for every dollar that you're putting into your entrepreneurial venture, are you getting five, 10, 20, 100 back? Got one for you. When I mention your company, your business, when I see your logo, am I taking the action that you are expecting or that your branding is expecting? Or do I at least have the idea in my mind? See, like I said, a lot of people touch on the surface level or high level of these topics. They don't get into that deep dive. They don't take that, that real deep look. And not only the development standpoint, but the result. And that's what you should be focused on as the business owner when it comes to your brand, the result. Knowing your purpose immediately puts you in a better position to win and succeed in general. So knowing your professional purpose when you start this business, knowing your professional purpose, okay, when you go into this new venture, you automatically know 
Why am I even doing this? Now, how do I translate that to where it becomes valuable to others? Going back to Nike, think of the name, right? And and, and only because I was a huge fan and studied, um, you know, Greek mythology, Roman mythology. I knew who Nike was before I even knew Nike, right? So Nike was a mythological character, specifically deity, right? Specifically God. A victory. What better name for a company, specifically an athletic company, and that whether whether they're doing apparel, whether they're doing just sneakers, you know, sporting goods, it, it's all encompassing right off the bat, right? But it's not something really obvious like Hercules or Achilles. Well, you don't want to be called Achilles if you're making sneakers. So let's just be real, right? Based on the legend, right? Based on the, the myth. But at the end of the day, it's in the name itself. But look at the logo. Now, let's just be honest. When you look at that logo, do you really think victory? Does it look like a V? See, that's what I'm saying. We get hung up on just the visuals where we're like, oh, it has to c- clearly translate everything within the brand. When really it doesn't. We have to make sure it's synonymous. They have to connect. It doesn't have to look exactly like it. It doesn't have to spell it out. That's what your brain is for. That's what the feeling is all about. Because I'm just going to be honest with you. From, from my standpoint, when I think of Nike, even though, like I said, I don't buy Nike sneakers. I live... I, Honestly, I've had one pair of Nike sneakers, I think, my entire life. I've actually owned more Reebok, more um, Adidas, more New Balance. And I think I've had one, at least, I know I've had at least, I should say, think, I know for sure I've had one pair of Nikes when I was a kid. They weren't Jordans. I was not a fan of, of buying flashy sneakers. I was not a sneakers person. I was always a dress shoe person, actually. Okay, honestly, I used to have pairs of Hush Puppies. Okay. Once again, I know I'm old. It's okay. But just being real with you guys. So, if you're thinking about victory, you think of Nike. Some of the most famous athletes in the history of sports, not just in America, I'm talking about sports in general, all over the world. What do they typically do? They sign with Nike. They become endorsed, you know, they endorse Nike. They're sponsored by Nike. Because it's giving you that feeling again. It's making sure that idea is consistent. It's making sure that message is consistent. Winning. Championships. Victory. The best. And it's not that you're born the best. It's like, hey, no. When you wear these, this is what the best athletes perform in. Go out there and put in the work. See, it starts to give you these other ideas. It starts to present these other values. And you think to yourself, if you're an athlete, I want to be the best athlete, even though you're probably on your, you, you know, you're at the bowling league, right? At, the, at your local bowling alley. I want to be the best bowler in the world. Well, you know, I want to be the best bowler in my county. I want to be the best bowler on this block. I'm going to wear some Nike <laughs> right now. That's taking it maybe a little too extreme because I don't even think Nike makes bowling. Who knows? They probably do make bowling here for all I know. Right. But when that overall brand was being developed, notice how it steered towards 
working with championship level top athletes to keep that sense, to keep that idea in the minds of consumers. So, more than a logo, what do you desire when people think of your brand? Write that down. Literally write it down. When people think of my brand, I want them to think of this. Create a clear goal, a clear goal when it comes to your brand. When people see my messages, I want them to take this action. Well, yeah, of course, you want them to buy. Well, duh, we run a business, right? Let's get a little, let's, let's take it to a different level, a deeper level. When people see my message, would I love for them to buy? Yes. When people see my advertisements on Facebook, on Google, on YouTube, on television, on a radio show, on a podcast, I want them to think of X. I want them to be filled with a sense of happiness, joy, excitement, power, confidence. Because as much as we want to keep things at a business level and very professional feelings, people people purchase out of emotion. People do almost everything out of emotion. As much as we want to say logic, logic probably has maybe 10% of what, honestly, what we do now. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a, uh, you know, organizational behavior specialist. None of these things. So I'm not, you know, going to give you actual stats on that. But I can confidently say from a business owner standpoint, I have noticed when people say they're making a purchase, it feels right. How many times have we heard that? I just had a good feeling about that. It sounded right. It felt right. It gave me this sense. It gave me this this feeling. What do you desire when you pitch your product, your services? What is the purpose behind it? What do you want that customer to feel, to think when they hear your business? When they hear your name, man, that, that lady, she knows exactly what my company needs every single time I talk to her. She's one of the best consultants I've worked with. That's what you want them to think. When we work with this guy and his products, we don't have problems. The best products, because you know what? Gives us the results we're looking for. Well, who's to say that 15 other products can't do the same thing? In fact, let's just be real. When it comes to most products, especially products, not just services, but specifically tangible products, really, what is the fundamental difference between one and the other? Fundamental, right? Really, what is the difference at the end of the day between an iPhone and an Android? Let's, I mean, really, at the end of the day, you can make a call with it. You can send a text message. You can go on YouTube. You can go on Instagram. You can go on Facebook, TikTok, almost every little thing, right? Are there a few proprietary apps here and there? Of course. There's actually more than a few. There's tons of them. Is that really the difference? And in Apple, Android, that's probably one of the best areas to compare now, or best products, I should say, best products to compare, you know, over the past 10 years, especially. Because 
like I said, fundamentally, they're the same. Proprietary apps? Okay, well, what's... And don't get me wrong, people have done this already. What's to stop somebody from making an app very similar that you can only find on Android on iOS or vice versa? When we think of a specific brand or product or service, I should say, it's the brand that starts to get into the the core nitty gritty of why we're going to make that purchase. It's not necessarily the product or the service, unless we have never had an experience with it. And then we can go, you know, reviews help, testimonials help, you know, um, word of mouth, the types of advertisements. But the types of advertisements, what do you desire? When I when I think of certain directors, right, when it comes to films, especially for those of us who are who are interested in storytelling, entertainment and film. You know, you know the difference between one director you, or, or producer or actor. You know the, the difference in the way the movie looks and feels in the pace of the film, right? One of the most famous like action directors and producers nowadays, right, is Michael Bay. Now, Michael Bay, I, mean, I, mean, I think this is another good example of just from the visual standpoint. Michael Bay is known for a very specific way he shoots and films a movie way different from a Quentin Tarantino right way different from uh, Martin Scorsese right way different from those two directors Oliver Stone Spike Lee all of those guys have completely different ways of, of, of filming movies that goes to the brand they have different styles in the way they make movies but more importantly the way the movie is the, the, the finished product and what we see and the feeling we get. How many times have we thought about that when we go to see a movie? I'm going to see a movie from this director. Oh, okay. You kind of know what you're in for, right? Oh, I know it's going to be a three-hour tour. <laughs> okay. I know I'm going to need to pack a lunch if I can sneak that into the movie theater. If they don't stop me at the door. Let's be honest. A lot of us have done it. It's okay. Admitting it. It's all right. I'm not the EMC police. But, but your business, right? When you have an opportunity to instill that type of image or idea or set of feelings in someone's mind, at the core of it, it's going to be what do you desire? What's the end game? What's your result? Well, I should say, what's your desired result? And this goes to the core of your brand equity. So, like I said from the top, when people see your logo, when people hear your company name, what do you want them to feel, to think? The idea and the imagery that they have in their head about your business, about your product and your service. That is the brand. Once again, think about that director when you go to a movie, oh my God, I won't be able to understand exactly what's going on the screen. Or the shoe company or the apparel company, this is what champions wear. I feel better. Have you ever heard that when somebody goes to the gym? Are they about to work out? 
gotta wear a certain pair of shoes. They gotta wear a certain brand of apparel. They have to wear a certain color. Right? All of that goes to core, all that goes to branding. There's why this is exactly why some companies only use certain colors. This is why some industries focus on shapes and styles of their apparel or their service or their product design, right? The types of shapes, the types of fonts they use, all of it is at the core of that brand. What do you want that customer to think and to feel? Because right off the bat, what you want them to think, you want them to think luxury, you want them to think quality, you want them to think affordability, you want them want them to think reliability safety intelligence if I use this I know I'm part of a very select group exclusivity that goes to the value of the brand which means it goes to the profitability of the brand next up we're going to tackle the mistakes that typical startups and entrepreneurs make when they're branding and when they're developing their brands. How to get away from those things, how to, how to avoid them. And the next key elements of that successful or developing that successful brand. We come right back. Alrighty, alrighty. So. What are those five mistakes? What are those key mistakes that are made when entrepreneurs are typically developing their brands? And this is the thing about it. This isn't just, you know, this doesn't go just go to entrepreneurs and startups. Um, sadly, entrepreneurs, we can typically make these mistakes right off the bat because we're, let's just be real. We're, we're rushing to get into the, the, the marketplace. We're so focused on getting the product out there, getting the service out there, you know, making our dreams come true, if you will. You know, all that stuff, which is which is really important. Don't get me wrong. And it's and it's, and it's great to have that energy and that passion. But we often we get so revved up and focused on the wrong things. You know, I've, I've made a statement before and it was, it was something that an, a mentor made to me. One of the first mentors I ever worked with. When. She was like, you got to enjoy the boring work. It's the boring work, the stuff that you don't think about, the stuff that seems like you just want to fall asleep on. <laughs> That's where the success really comes into play. And a lot of times entrepreneurs, especially when we're really getting into it and getting into the thick of things, we 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 forget about how important that boring work is, those late hours where it's not necessarily something that we're doing, you know, based on the passion of it. It's it's. It's watching a new tutorial or it's going through a course to get a certification to help us out, you know, in understanding a, a new um, a new technology or a new way of delivering our product or our service or something like that. It's the boring stuff, you know, and the five mistakes. Number one is focusing right off the bat, focusing more on style than substance. Like I said, a lot of people, when they think of branding, immediately they think of a logo. And like I said, the logo is is really kind of that, look at a logo as a, as a window or a door. It opens up everything, right? That's the access point. So a lot of times you'll, you'll focus so much on, I, 
gotta make a Nike swoosh. You know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make something like the, the Microsoft Windows logo. I gotta make something like the Apple, you know, the Apple. Okay, but there's a lot more behind all that, right? And, and to be fair and honest with yourself, you don't want to be dummied down and, and summarize all your hard work and effort into just that. Like I said, think of it as a window or a door. That's the access point. That's the entryway to everything else behind it. It's not the wall. It's not where it begins and ends. Okay, the next mistake often happens is a lack of consistency. And this, this goes right to the point of a logo. The logo isn't the end or the beginning. It's a point, it's an element. It's not everything. But if you're not consistent, consistent in that message, consistent in the way you communicate, where you communicate, how often you communicate. Here's a good example. And, and from the podcast world, especially, right? Let's take it from, I'll never forget, There's a, and I'm not going to call out that specific pod. I was about to say it, but that's kind of, it's kind of bogus. I want to do that. But, you know, I'm never trying to be uh, a negative, a negative individual focus on the positive so let's learn from this mistake there used to be a pod i listened to and they specifically said a, a date that they would post episodes and i and i mean this is like this is one of the first podcasts i really got into about five years ago and they would be very hey we're gonna post on this day in this day on this day in this day on this day, in every episode you heard this this day in this day this and then all of a sudden it stopped and i was like okay that's kind of weird you said you're gonna post on these two days and first day passed by in the week. I'm like, okay, didn't post. Okay, I'm like, well, maybe they're gonna double up. But they never mentioned it. They didn't mention that they weren't gonna post and upload on those two days in the episode, in the, in the, the episode that preceded them. And then when they came back in the following week, so basically they missed the whole week. When they came back the following week, they explained why they didn't post. And it wasn't, oh, we had family emergency. It wasn't that we didn't do this. It was that, you know, we, we took a vacation. Oh, wow, okay, great. Because <laughs> here's the thing about it. Equity, brand equity. Okay, it's like the equity in a house. It's like the equity in any property. Right? You put a little bit more in, you put a little bit more in, or you're paying on that mortgage, you're paying on those bills. And there's value in there, right? How much equity have you, you know, we, hey, homeowners, property owners know this one. How much equity do you have in that property, in that building, in that house? On How much equity do you have in it? Because that's what I can give you a loan on. That's what is the real value of that property. Now, maybe, yeah, maybe the area went up. Maybe the real estate went up, but we all know we're fighting for that equity. That's what you really want right off the bat, because that's that's what you can count. Hey, I'm putting this money in. I'm putting equity in this property. I'm, what's the purpose of having the property? Right? If you don't have any value from it, if you can't utilize it as an asset, think about it from the perspective of the customer. Remember, it's not about you. It's about them. It's about that audience. If I'm not consistent on the day that I'm saying, especially on the day I'm communicating, I'm going to be consistent on, right? What does that say about me? 
What does that say about me as the content producer? What does that say about me as the employee, as the owner to my employees, right? If I'm the business owner and I'm saying this to my employees. Now, of course, this is what I'm communicating, but now think about it. You're communicating through action and not even necessarily what you're saying. Because you'd be shocked, for those who don't understand, humans are creatures of habit. And a lot of us do it with our body clock. We wake up at the same time automatically, whether we have an alarm clock or not, right? We'll expect to eat around the same time. We'll expect to work out around the same time. We'll expect to start work around the same time. We'll start doing things around the same time. Even if we don't have a clock, even if we don't have a schedule in front of us, it's your creature of habit. So I highly doubt I was the only person to be concerned or to just wonder why isn't this show on on this day? Well, you know what? Factually, I wasn't. Their message boards blew up. People even emailed and contacted the service, like the, the, the actual pods um, distributing service, right? Like what's going on? Because like I said, they didn't miss one episode, they missed two and there was no updates about it. And it wasn't an emergency, it wasn't anything wrong like that. They told everybody after the fact. Here's the funny part about it. When they did that again, or I should say when they did something, they were gonna do something again, very similar. They communicated, oh, we won't be here for those episodes. <laughs> and I wonder why. Because they did, they significantly lost listeners. And I mean, they lost a good chunk of listeners, right? This is not the only occasion. I'm just using this because one, we're on a podcast, so it makes sense to talk about podcasts, right? A lot of you guys are gonna prove starting podcasts. I even call it out now. You notice I say in my episodes, every Thursday, new episode, because that's what we're doing every Thursday. And I'm not saying that just because to build that, you know, that type of consistency. What I'm saying that is because, well, that's the perfect day for my audience to connect with my audience. And it makes perfect sense because it's about you guys. But if that changes up, I'm going to definitely communicate it. Because that's what I owe you for listening. That's what I owe you for being a part of this community, of being my audience. Because that's at the core of it, that's the business owner. That's why I say branding is not about being an Apple or Microsoft. It's being a business owner in general. It's It's just being a good individual and producer and content producer and contributor. It's building trust. So consistency happens to a lot of entrepreneurs. It can be as something as communicating a day and getting and being off to not using the same font in your content. I can't tell you, and I can tell you, I'm, I'm a stickler for that. I'm a stickler for that because that was something that got me early, 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 early on as a brand, cons- uh, when I did brand consulting specifically for, for, our, um, for artists. And, and, and content producers actually, right? Before that became a buzzword. And it was, it was fonts and colors, fonts and color schemes. It was a big thing for me, especially if you're starting out. You want that consistent message. You want that consistent visual. Because then it starts to ingrain a level of trust in the mind of your audience. Next one. 
and I hate to say this, this, this is from, I've seen it from literally almost every, not even, this isn't even just every entrepreneur or a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business, small business owners don't do this. They don't measure any forms of performance, but they don't measure key points of performance, right? Now in sales and marketing, I mean, almost in general, uh, any, any, any field or any area of business that is all based on a performance, you'll hear a term called KPI, right? For those of for those of you guys who don't know, key performance indicators, okay? KPIs, and I can't tell you how many small business owners don't have any idea of how to measure a KPI, or more importantly, they don't know what to measure. In other words, they don't know what are they looking at. Because let's just be real. I spend hundred bucks. I make 200 bucks. What's my profit? 100 bucks. <laughs> Pretty simple, right? And business owners, we, we tend to do that. We tend to look at it like that. I spend 100, I make 200. Got a profit. I spend 100, I made 100, I broke even. Spend 100, made zero. Got a profit. <laughs> okay. But. As a business owner, it has to be a little bit more than that because what, why? <laughs> like I said from the beginning, why the brand? Why didn't you make anything you spent $100? Where did you spend the $100? How did you spend the $100? Who did you spend it on? Did you spend it? Maybe it was stolen. What gets measured gets managed if you're not measuring your performance if you're not looking at some form of indicators to see am i on track am i off track what's the track your business plan your marketing strategy i'll always come back to three things oh i should say always come back but i'll come back to typically three things because they're at the core of your business what's your business plan your marketing strategy your sales forecast. And this isn't me being stuffy business guy. This is, when you go to a bank, don't, hey, whoop, let's stop right here. Let's stop right here. I'm not your direct mentor, but I'm gonna give you some advice that was given to me a long time ago before I even got to business school. And let me tell you, I kept hearing it, kept hearing it, it never stopped. If you keep hearing this, there's gotta be something to it. Do not wait to be ready. Do not wait to start getting things together at the last minute. Don't wait. You say you want to start a business, boom, start doing research. What should my KPIs be for my type of business, for my type of industry? What should be in that business plan? What should be in that marketing strategy? What should be in that sales forecast? What should I be looking for? That way I know what performance I should be measuring or what should I be looking for? What specific activities or events in my business should I be looking for to know if I'm on track or not? Because when you start struggling with, I can't make sales, people aren't responding to my advertising, people aren't responding to my promotions, am I spending money in the wrong area? Well, now I can go back and track where that money is spent. Maybe I'm not earning enough to put enough into that particular area of advertising. Right. 
But if you do a lot of research from the very beginning, knowing that audience, knowing what your brand should be, you know, oh, I need to spend more money on YouTube advertising than I should in Facebook advertising. I need to spend more money on Google ads because people, my target audience responds better to Google ads in, in, in the, um, the sites that are a part of that advertising network than say Pinterest, right? Or Instagram or TikTok. If you're not measuring your performance, you're putting yourself in a very dangerous position. I'm not saying you're gonna immediately have problems, right? But this is why analytics is blowing up just now. I never forget the first time I heard about analytics from a, it, it was so weird because every time I heard about analytics was always about advertising and marketing. When the first time I heard someone use analytics specifically in regards to, yeah, product and project management, I was like, now that's what's up. <laughs> like, yeah, I wanna see performance. I wanna know what's happening, how it's happening, why it's happening, what is the data telling us? Because this way we won't make the same mistakes on future projects. And I can tell you right now, when, when I was bringing that up to certain projects, to other project managers, and I'm finding out that not everybody was doing this, it, it, it became really concerning because like I said, any everything from the, the, the sole proprietor to the largest corporation, you should be measuring. And if you ever want to compete, hey, whatever your dream is, go for it. I'm not going to be the guy to tell you, hey, you can't be Apple one day, Amazon one day. That is the most foolish thing. If anyone ever tells you that, kick, they need to kick rocks and you need to get them out your way. Okay. Because no, not every one of us is gonna have the next Amazon or or whatever you know your aspiration may be, Disney, whatever the corporation that you may want to run one day. Not every one of us, but who's to say it's not gonna be you? That's not my place. That's no one else's place. Like I said, they say that to you, kick rocks, move on. You need to know to get to that point. What are those guys doing? And I can tell you one thing that they're definitely doing, and one thing that you as an entrepreneur should be doing: measuring your performance. And the final piece, or I should say the final two pieces, because they kind of go hand in hand. But number four, you're not listening to your target audience. Feedback, testimonials. Just what are they talking about? I always suggest this. Number one, and it's free. Boom. Join a couple Facebook groups. Join a couple LinkedIn groups. Find the bloggers or the influencers that your audience follows. And just, see, if you just spend three months, right, three months really watching, getting involved in conversations, listening what's going on, asking questions, you can learn so much from that target audience and understand what's working, what's not working. And then going back to what you desire, what you want them to think about your business, how does that connect with my brand? How can my brand solve their problems? How can my brand bring them value? What value are they looking for? What goals are they looking for? What are they trying to achieve? And then finally, like I said, it kind of goes hand in hand because it goes goes a little bit to that, that style over sus substance. But then it also goes to not really listening to um, the audience. The final piece, you spend more time on brand awareness and not enough time on developing the quality product and service. And I can't stand, and that's, that's what we're going to define right now. 
I cannot stand when people say, you have to create quality content. You have to create a quality product. You have to create a quality service. But they don't tell you what the heck quality is. Quality can be summed up and is very simple. If you don't have it out right now, pen and pad, Microsoft Word document, Google Docs, whatever you need to type it right now. A quality product, a quality service, quality content is very simple. What, what or I should say, what, it, what how to define it is very simple. It's based on what your audience wants and responds to. Not what you want, what your audience wants. Quality content. Quality is going to be determined by the value it's bringing. Not, oh my God, I love the way that looks. Okay, I'm going to produce it. Yeah, that's great. How does your audience feel about it? Follow the most profitable, the most famous, the most, honestly, the most well-known. And I'm from an entrepreneur standpoint, this is this is really who we should follow. I mean, small business owners in general, you know, if you have a thousand employees, it might be a little harder for you to do that unless you're one of those business owners or, um, you, you know, you, you're, you're really into being a, a public face of your business. But from entrepreneurs, I would always suggest this. Follow the top influencers. Not, not people who think they're influencers. I mean, real influencers. In other words, I'm referencing a real influencer. I'm going to buy this cryptocurrency so a million people decide to buy it. That's an influencer. Okay, I'm no longer going to use this platform. I'm going to use that platform instead. And hundreds of thousands of people doing that now keep in mind i'm talking about for your target audience for your business for your industry if you want to get creative follow someone else but really and the reason why i'm saying follow them is because you will see why is their content so well received by that audience and you'll notice something a lot of the content looks the same because they know what their audience enjoys and wants and they keep doing that. That's what determines the quality. Okay, I had the pleasure of meeting one of the more well-known influencers from the entrepreneurial world or entrepreneurial lifestyle, if you will, right? It's not an industry, it's more of a lifestyle. But he mentioned, and I'm not gonna say his name, but he mentioned that he hates a lot of the content that he has to produce. And I say he literally used the word hate. Now, he said hate from the standpoint of not necessarily like, oh, it's it's just bad content. It's not what I, it's just not his natural way of producing content. But he's like, it's what my audience really wants. So what he does is he puts his message, right? His, his wording. He's natural in how he's going to do it, but the type of content, because it's a lot of video. He's like, I'm very kind of, you know, I'm really uncomfortable on camera, but he does a lot of video. He does a lot of video because he's like, my audience doesn't really respond to a pod. He actually removed his entire podcast because he's like, they're not pod people. They're not podcast people. And that's fine. He went on a couple of video platforms. He's not really, like he said, not the most comfortable, but he does it because he's like, hey, that's what works for them. And I have a message 
And the best way for them to receive that message, and the way they like to consume the message is visually. So why not produce it? So the smart thing he did was, yes, he did more video, but he also has other people in the videos with him. Some of his employees, some of his coworkers, his co-founders, right? Which is the smartest way of doing it because it takes some of the pressure off of him but they can still get the message across because they represent the same brand. And they're, and they're doing it for the brand. They're doing it for the audience. That's what determines quality. You're focusing on the audience. I can't tell you one of the first things that gets to my... Uh, one of the first things that I, I absolutely hate to hear when an entrepreneur says, I'm going to spend X amount of dollars on brand awareness alone. Whoa, wait a minute. Every dollar as an entrepreneur or startup or even a small business, every dollar counts so much in comparison to an Amazon, a Nike, an Apple, one of these bigger corporations. Spend that money. I'd rather you say you spend that money on hiring sales representatives. It makes more sense to do that than to spend it on brand awareness. Because brand awareness, if that's your ad campaign is just for brand awareness, and you're willing to go broke on brand awareness. Okay. I'm concerned because I'm thinking, well, if you're willing to go broke on brand awareness, that means you probably weren't willing to go broke on that, that product or that service. How much research and time did you put into that? How many, you know, how many um, surveys did you send out? How, how, how much customer feedback and testimonials do you have? Right? How many... Uh, testings have you had that's more concerning because brand awareness is quite possibly one of the easiest ways to go broke and just spending money just on brand awareness when you really don't have to because if you're producing a quality product service and content that's your brand awareness you could spend $100,000 on some of the best advertising, but I can tell you right now, there ain't nothing. And I mean, there's nothing like when you have two, 20, 30, 100 happy customers. Because those customers, if they're really happy, you have one, if not both things are going to happen. They're going to be returning customers and or they're going to tell other people. A satisfied customer. Oh, I love going to this store. Oh, I love buying their product. Why do you think companies like Nike and Apple are very successful? Because people enjoying their product on a consistent basis, consistent level, and they're getting quality from it. So remember, the quality. Spend more time on developing quality product, service, and content. And what defines the quality, the customer, the value they perceive in it, the value they get from it, what works for them. Listen to them, ask them questions, get their feedback and get them what they need. And they'll come back for more. Be right back. All right, y'all. So defining your brand, right? Look at this like a journey. It's a journey of business self-discovery, if you will, okay? It's gonna take some time. It's not gonna happen overnight. It's a long-term thing. But this this is the difference between, okay, I wanna start a business, have a bunch of success, and then sell it. So I wanna have a business, 
and I want to have a long-term successful business. Okay, it's important to start as early as possible. That's why research in the very beginning is so important because the very first thing, first and foremost, you want to focus on is your vision, is your mission statement. You should have two. You should have a vision statement, you should have a mission statement. Right? I know this is not the first time, and I brought it up before. If it's not the first time you're hearing things like this, business plan, marketing strategy, sales forecast, eh, there's, there's something to it. Right. I can't honestly, I can't name one successful major pro, huge brand that doesn't have some type of mission, doesn't have some type of vision statement. And these are literally written down. OK, and it's all over the place, but more importantly, it's consistently communicated through their advertising, their promotions, their marketing, everything that they do, the way they go about sales, the way they go about building relationships. The brands that they co-brand with, the athletes or the celebrities or the influencers that they work with in sponsorships and endorsements. It must all be consistent and all, as they say, well, that's where the term comes, on brand. Your mission defines the company's business. Why is it doing what it does? The objectives how it goes about to reach those objectives. And then going back to it, like I said, one of those mistakes that gets made, we need to focus on what are the benefits to your audience? What's the value? This goes to that quality piece. What separates you from your competitors is not necessarily what you do, it's why you do it. Okay. We can look at basketball players, we can look at football players, you can look at any athlete. A lot of them play in the same position. The exact same position. The way they play might even be very similar. But why they're on the court, why they're on the field, why they're in the game, why they're a pro, why they, did, why they didn't want to be a pro. Because there's a lot of people who play the same sport, don't want to go pro. They just love to play the sport. Why are they playing the same sport though? Why would you play basketball you don't want to be Michael Jordan? Right? No, everyone's different. What's their mission? What's their goal out of it? Now, if you already have a brand in your, or, or a business and you're, you're trying to re-engineer, trying to change the mindset, what do your current and past customers think about you? And whatever messaging, whatever marketing, whatever advertising you have out there, what do your custom, what are your prospective customers, right? What do they think about you? Look at the same way if you look into a job search. What do former coworkers think of you? What do current coworkers think of you, right? Or if you're changing up. Goes back to like, if you're looking for a recommendation, right? What are they gonna say? Because that's the perception that you don't want or do want for the future. What qualities what do you desire? What qualities do you want people to associate with your brand, with your business, with your company? These are the questions that you have to answer for yourself and for your business. And if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a sole proprietor, remember, you are the business. I love it when people say, oh, I'm the CEO of a business, but they ain't no employees. 
No, you're not a CEO, no offense, sorry, you're not. You're the chief of executive officer of yourself. That's great. That's called being an adult. You run a business, you are the business. And ain't nothing wrong with that. That means you're a sole proprietor, you're an entrepreneur, go for it. Now, answer these questions. What's your mission? What's your vision? What are the benefits to your audience that you're providing? What's the value that they're getting from your products and services? What do your current customers, what do your past customers think of you? What do you want prospective customers to think of you? What do you want potential customers to think of you? What qualities do you want them to associate with your business, your products and services? So research, you can't skip on it. And the best thing about it is the majority of research is free. It's free of, of money. And we, we typically focus more on money than we do time. I focus a lot more on time. I'll tell you right now, and it, it might make some people cringe, but I'll tell you right now, I'll spend some money to save some time. I really will. Because time you're never getting back. And the best part about this is the time that you spend researching and understanding your audience, that sticks with you. That stays with you. And you can build on it. You document it and you measure it. You use it to, as a measuring stick. You use it as factual data to help you continue to grow and build your business. And the more you do in the beginning, the more you do in the foundation, the less, I'm being honest with you, honestly, the less you'll have to do because you already have somewhere to start from. So you won't be starting from scratch every single time. You'll have a actual factual base, a launch pad. And it's not based on assumptions, it's real data, real information, right? So it's incredibly important to kick this off. And you know what, we got a couple of links in the description of this episode to help you in developing a mission statement, to help you developing a vision statement from the very beginning. It's, it's not the easiest thing in the world, don't get me wrong, but it'll help you for sure when you're starting out. Some other key elements to, of course, your branding. A unique and distinct logo. You do want to separate yourself. You do want to differentiate yourself. But it should translate in what works for that audience and what works with communicating the message of your brand. Next thing, always write down your brand messaging. Right? Write it down in how you're gonna say things, what words, terminology you're gonna use. Really, you wanna get that solid. Solid in where it's very consistent. You don't hold back on this. This should be, I'm using a similar terminology in almost every ad. I'm using, you know, the, the not even the way, just the way you're writing it, but the font that you're using in that message, the coloring that you're using in that message especially when you're starting out. Now, of course, like I said, if you're doing it from a re-engineering standpoint, in other words, you already have that business and you're trying to change things up, you want to look at what's worked and what hasn't worked. But if you haven't been measuring it, you really won't know. You know, if you're not polling people, if you're not asking questions, if you're not getting feedback from customers, you really won't know, right? But you want to create a voice for your company that reflects your brand. So in other words, how are you going to say things in your communications, right? 
So if you're gonna have a actual voice, how do you want it to sound? Are you very formal? Are you very professional? Kind of, for lack of a better term, very stuffy? Are you very conversational? Are you very friendly? Right? Are you very assertive? Are you very charismatic? This can even go down to the hashtags that you're gonna use, the taglines you're gonna use, right? Or this is gonna help you develop that tagline at least. But the hashtags, the keywords that you're gonna use when it comes to search engine optimization. See, we can get into something really technical like that, but it all goes back to the goal. What do you desire? Because when people search for high-end athletic gear, you want your brand to come up. When people search affordable manufacturing or affordable mechanics, maybe you want your brand to come up. It's what they're thinking in their mind when they're putting in a search, when they're putting in a search query in Google or Bing or Yahoo or YouTube for that matter, right? And here is a great way to save you some time that's worked for me in the past. I've helped, um, typically when I do brand consulting, this is mainly what I focus on with, um, with especially the startups, is we develop an entire brand kit. Okay, so that's not just, you know, some people put in a brand kit, they'll put in, okay, color scheme, font, stuff like that. No, we just, literally, everything from the way their ads are gonna look, from the, you know, the, of course the, font, the, the fonts, the color schemes, the, um, you know, the types of messaging, the logos, the, the, the letterhead. But no, I mean, everything from the way the ads should technically be set up, the way their pitch deck should be be designed, where their posters should be designed. It's not just for one campaign. It's for where well, you're a startup, right? So a startup usually needs this to get to really help them launch. So when I would do this with a lot of startups on the, or a lot of small businesses that were transitioning from maybe solopreneurs to, to a little bit larger, and be a heavy focus of giving you templates, a series of templates to utilize to make it easier. So it's more like plug and play, right? Templates designed for their brand that they can just go in and start, okay, this is what we're gonna use for posters, this is what we're gonna use for postcards, this is what we're gonna use for business cards, this is what we're gonna use for flyers, this is what we're gonna use for sales decks, this is what we're gonna use for um, even our business plan. You know, we did video business plans. So it was, the idea is, I think I've used this quite a few times, but I love the statement, working smarter, not harder, right? Because at that point, if you're a startup, you really need, you need to close more deals. You need to get that sales pipeline going. You need that revenue stream coming up. So the last thing you should be focused on, oh my God, I got to make this from scratch. So we've done all this research. We've developed how we're going to say things, the communication, the messaging, the logo, the why of what we're doing, the vision. Let's make sure that's being clearly translated in all of our marketing materials, in all of our promotional materials, in all of our sales materials. That way, we can just go in and start closing deals. We can go in and start making phone calls. We can, we can really develop the business because we've got the heart and soul taken care of. We can really build out the body. And I would suggest this, especially if you have a good team, 
I mean, if you're on your own, you're solo, you know, you're a sole proprietor, it's going to be, sometimes it might be a little challenging, but I would definitely suggest on a regular basis, at the very least, at the very least, mid-year, so do this twice a year, audit your target audience. Make sure you're on brand with your audience. Like I said, that quality, it's a major mistake. I've seen it so many times where businesses are thinking, hey, they understand what I'm saying. No, they don't. They really are not. They're not listening to that because the content that you're producing isn't quality to them. And maybe they've changed. Maybe they've evolved. Maybe they've just made some lateral moves and they're, they're making purchases one way. I, it's sad to say, right before the pandemic kicked in, right? And this was a big push. Kind of side note, but this was a big push for my business. Okay. Me and my team, we got a lot stronger with our SEO skills, with our search engine optimization. We wanted to start offering it. We start offering it in-house. Like, hey, you know what? Instead of sending you to these guys or, or connecting with these other um, these other service providers, we are going to provide search engine optimization. And the crazy part about it, because a lot of our audience were not people who were already on pace with this. They were like, well, we don't understand search engine optimization. We understand the value of it because we were doing a lot more of social media work. So it was kind of taking them out of their wheelhouse, you know, why they originally came to us. It's like, hey, you know what? I'm not going to offer you something that isn't bringing value. This is, I didn't say I stopped offering it. I didn't say I stopped communicating it. I just said, I'm not going to be a pushy salesperson. That's not my style. That's not what we do. We convey the value. If you like it, great. If you don't see it, okay. Here's the crazy part about it. I, like I said, you don't see the value. I already knew it was there. You just didn't see it for yourself just yet. And then what happens? <laughs> the pandemic happens. And everybody was like, oh my God, I need to be at the top. I need to be top of Google. I'm losing sales. For my restaurants, for my cafes, for the businesses that are like, okay, we're gonna rely on DoorDash. We're gonna rely on Grubhub. We're gonna rely on, you know, Postmates. Oh, those guys take a nice little penny out of your profits. Do you offer order forms or ordering services right off your website? Because you know we built that in the back end and you said you didn't want to use that just yet. You want to focus on people coming in the restaurant. People are not doing that anymore. See, like I said, not a pushy salesperson, advisor, consultant, but most importantly, seeing the value and what's gonna happen with the market to where I'm like, we need to start offering search engine optimization. All of us need to be much stronger, much better at everything from our copywriting for search for SEO, all the way to our technical SEO skills. So that's what me and my team focused on for two years straight, getting better and getting stronger. Bringing in specialists to do that, to train, to help out and to be a part of the team. And then sure enough, environment changes. So I knew my audience, and more importantly, I knew my customer base and I knew who did have the service, who didn't have the service, who needed the service most. Because on a regular basis, I look back at that audience. So every, if you can, if you can, I would say every three months, but at the very least, do it twice a year. Audit that audience. 
what services could be more valuable to them at that point that you can provide, that you can be a resource for, that you can become an authority on? How are they, how are, how are the trends changing? How are their practices changing? How are their activities changing? Are you aligned, right? Are they shopping more online or do they prefer to purchase in store or in person? Do they prefer to buy in bulk in large quantities or purchase as needed? Do they follow specific influencers? That's a big one. People miss out on this all the time. Is your audience listening to a specific influencer on YouTube, on TikTok, on Instagram, on a blog? That you are not, or hey, even a podcast, right? <laughs> even a podcast. Maybe they listen to somebody on the podcast. Maybe they listen to podcasts. And you are only advertising on Facebook and you're not advertising on podcasts. Mm, 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 mm. And you're missing all them dollars. Just messing with you. But it could be something that simple. So audit the audience at the very least twice a year. And this will eliminate a lot of questions, but specifically critical questions you need to have the answers to will be taken care of, will be answered for you because you'll understand how and where you advertise, who you should and should not partner with. And well, let's be, like I said, we po- we pay attention to money more, time, more than we pay attention to dollars. So what your marketing and promotional budget really should be All those get answered when we do these elements of developing, defining, and creating our brand and our brand assets based on the logo, the messaging, creating that voice, using the proper hashtags and communications, creating brand standards, materials, and templates, and auditing that audience. Get these taken care of. You are good to go. And keep in mind, you do not have to be the biggest and the most powerful brand in the world to get these done. We'll be right back with our book of the episode. Okay, folks. So, as promised, every episode, we will will have a book and a book that goes and aligns with our topic, but more importantly, takeaways, right? From when we're reading these books and um, how we can apply them to the advice and to the resources. And, you know, like, like the last book I mentioned, you know, it's a book I will read probably two or three times a year. Um, I know it's more than that, but I, I know the last year alone I read, uh, the last book I recommended uh, by Paul Smith. I read that about four times last year just because I was working on my book, right? Shameless plug. Had to bing, bing, had to put it in there. No, I'm joking. Um, but just because it's a really, it's a really great, um, a really great resource and understanding of the importance of storytelling and, and, and using stories, using the power of story to convey that message. And it goes right along with the brand. But the book in this episode, this honestly, I now 
I'm gonna get, I'm gonna give him a little, I'm gonna be like a little fanboy here. I would say this is probably one of my top five authors right now. Read everything he writes. Loved his TED Talk. That's not actually, I didn't discover him through the TED Talk. Like a lot of people actually discovered him from the book. Um, the book recommendation today. Um, Simon Sinek. Now, Simon Sinek, up until, if I'm not mistaken, up until 2019, he had the most watched, and it might still be, the most watched TED Talk. For those who don't know what TED Talk is, these really great, brief, really in-depth, but brief, okay, um, video conferences and conversations in some cases. Uh, I have a link to the, 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 the TED Talk uh, YouTube channel in the description of this episode because, frankly, I, I mean, from a business perspective, just on a thought perspective, if you're not, if you're not learning every day, something, just something small. Um, you know, I know we, we spend our time on TikTok, we spend our time on Instagram, we spend our time, we like to, we like to get away and unplug, but then we also like to be mindlessly, have some mindless entertainment, nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, the, the brain is so in-depth, but I would always suggest if you can take the time, jump on uh, YouTube or go directly to the website of TED Talk. And this is by far one of the best TED Talks, in my opinion. Um, Simon Sinek, I would love to hear your thoughts on his TED Talk. Uh, like I said, kind of fanboying out because this was uh, one of the books that really got me inspired to focus a lot more on why do I do what I do and to stop, for lack of a better term, stop BSing and really get on my purpose. The book is Start With Why. Read this book. <laughs> Buy this book. Read this book. Okay. If you're ever, 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 ever struggling, especially as a business owner, if you're struggling with the branding, if you're struggling with the selling, if you're struggling with communicating your message, this is the book you can immediately turn to to help you understand the power of why you need to be very clear about why you want to do something. The purpose. What is your purpose? What what is driving you? I'm not getting you know from a you know I know we're talking about business, but like I said, we all know or or the smarter, the more honest business owners and businesses understand that people make purchases out of feelings. So why wouldn't you start your business the same way? Because I can tell you right now. If you can convey that message, it changes everything. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you, you shouldn't have sound reasoning data to support your product, your service, why it works, how it can get to those results. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, if you understand at the core and the heart of your business, why you're doing what you do, changes everything why some organizations are far more innovative than others why some individuals or business owners or once again companies and organizations are more influential and profitable than others remember we talked about nike and i mentioned the other brands that i purchased and just being honest with you we all understand that nike's value and nike's perceived value 
right, from consumers is a lot different than that of New Balance, Adidas, Reebok. And that hasn't changed. The same thing goes for business owners. The same thing goes for anybody and anyone in any field. The why you do behind what you do is a crucial, if not the most important element. And that is one of the best things about what is examined in this book is understanding why some messages, some communication, some marketing is far more effective than more expensive, more researched, even more, let's just be honest, better designed messaging, marketing. Because it's all about connecting your why, what you desire, your goals, your results with the values that the audience is looking for and making sure that message is clear. Make sure that message is what they are really going to pick up on and what they're going to respond to. Those who start with why will never focus on manipulation. They focus more on inspiring and inspiration. Like I said, hitting you on a more emotional uh, level beyond what is, let's just be real, logical. It's not really going to be focused on logic. Like I said, your resounding factors, the things that you're going to come, that you're going to reinforce that message with will be the data, will be the research, will be the more analytical, the more scientific way of looking at things, right? That's what you're going to reinforce everything with. Start with why shows that leaders who've had the greatest influence in the world all think, act, and communicate pretty much the exact same way. And the funny thing about it, it's pretty much the opposite of what everyone else does. Hence why these leaders, these influential individuals or organizations stand out. Okay, start with why goes into the reason why that specifically why the TED talk that I mentioned with Simon Sinek is one of the most watched to this day, if not the most watched TED talk of all of them. Out of thousands upon thousands upon thousands of videos from with, with all due respect to Simon and with all due respect to, you know, um, his work, many TED Talks have been conducted by people way more famous, way more influential than Simon himself. And yet, for some reason, people come back to his video or his specific session in regards to starting with why. Because of the message that it conveys, it's something we can all relate to and something we all truly need like I said from business owner running an organization being an executive being an employee but for us as entrepreneurs and business owners we have the best opportunity to ensure that our individual our family whatever it may be the the, the why behind our business is put into our message and our communication 
lot easier than the CEO of Nike or the founder of any major you know, conglomerate could ever do it. Because it's not about the money you throw at something. It's about the passion and the desire you put behind it. So, in the episode description, you have a link to purchase this book. It's the same place I purchased the book on Amazon. I tell you right now, um, you know, if you're not, if you're traveling a lot, I would definitely suggest get the audio version. It's really easy. It's a it's a really easy book to digest. So you know, I know sometimes you know when it comes to the more um, the more dense books, the books that you know is like oh, I got to read this a couple times to really get the gist of it. You know, an audio book is way better. But in this one, you know, if you're traveling a lot, definitely get the audio book. Um, it helped. I was traveling a lot when the book when I first discovered it before quarantine and before pandemic, you know, and everything. So, you know, I was traveling quite a bit. So it made the book, um, the audiobook was made it a lot easier. But then I just purchased it because I was like, no, this is such a good book. I actually want the paperback version at the very least, right? So you have a link to it. Audible, Amazon, you get the actual paperback, whichever is easier for you. But I tell you right now, this is one of those books that I would, I would be shocked if you didn't come back and read this book at least two, three, four times a year, because it's it, like I said, it's easy to digest, it's easy to take in. The information is really easy to process and apply. But you want to go back and listen to it again a couple of times. You're like, man, I'm, I didn't really think about this point, you know. And in the explanation of Martin Luther King Jr., explanation of John F. Kennedy. I mean, he goes into a lot of different influential leaders, but more importantly, and how they conveyed their message. And what they stood for in that message and how that came through their work and their accomplishments. And the people that he mentions, that's what I'm talking about. The people that he mentions, you have to think about it. This is before internet. This is this is before cell phones. So to think about individuals who are able to rally millions, not thousands, not, not hundreds of thousands, millions of people. In the 1960s, the 50s, the 40s, the 20s, the 1800s. That's why I say it's not about how much money you can throw at something. There's companies that have spent and they have outspent, okay, a lot of their competitors. And they still can't get half of the results. And that's just because the reasoning behind what they were doing they couldn't convey it properly in the communication. And more importantly, they couldn't make a connection with the quality content, the quality message, the product and the service with the audience because they didn't listen and they didn't understand the audience and the audience didn't really understand and listen to them. So start with why by Simon Sinek. I cannot, I cannot recommend this book enough. I cannot recommend it enough. And just being honest with you i recently read this book again <laughs> okay so it's not like this is something that I, I thought about a couple years ago or something like that and i haven't picked it up since i guess it's the paul smith book i read that at the very least what about three well last year i read it what three times this book i mean i could read this book every month and it's not about me it's about really what's your ultimate goal with your brand and if you're trying to get to a specific goal with your brand if you're trying to develop it a certain way if you're trying to get a specific message across this is a really 
I mean, I'm going to consider this more like a case study. It's a book full of case studies of how to develop a solid, well-rounded, and profitable brand. Because remember, the value and the success, that's, that's what you get out of it. It's what your customer gets out of it, right? So it could be quite a few things. So start with why by Simon Sinek. Now, link is in the description. Your takeaways from this episode. So one of the first and most important aspects to brand assets is protecting your name online. Right? Can't, can't stress this enough. Digital real estate is real. It's here. We're going to talk about that in the future. And I would definitely suggest if you have not, go out, protect your brand online, get your domain. That is one of the things. So I have a link for you to get your domain um, in the description of this episode. But also another way to get started on that brand development and brand assets is, as I brought up, couple of key elements right is the logo is doing the brand audit so what we have is a breakdown of the elements that go into a brand audit have a template for you to fill out and auditing your brand okay so if you already established a business and you're trying to rebrand your company you can see what has worked what hasn't worked if you are about to start your business here but you know maybe you just incorporated but you're really getting into the branding and the marketing strategy of your business you can use this brand audit as well just to get you started of what you've already developed and what needs some fine-tuning before you start spending money on advertising promotions and this way you can kind of test before you spend money so you have a link to get your domain get that off the ground and protect your brand online and then how to do the brand audit step by step something tangible you i always suggest printing this out and if you have um your business plan in a folder if you have your business plan and in a um, i've seen some really cool business plans and and you know people have it on their wall or they have their 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 business canvas or they have their business model on their wall i would definitely suggest this goes with those materials it's a simple one sheet audit you know it doesn't have to be um the longest thing in the world but then we also have a breakdown um, a little bit a little bit lengthier uh, PDF for you to utilize and go over that brand audit step by step it might take you at the most 15 20 minutes you know if you've already done some brand new work or if it's your first time look at it this way if it's gonna see if you're gonna spend a little time in it aren't you worth it isn't your business worth it it's like when people say I don't have the time to make a business plan all the time it's been a couple days making a business plan so you have a, you don't have the time to spend two or three days or even a week or even a month to make a business plan but yet you want a million dollar business right are your dreams worth the time that you're willing to invest in it because remember success is in the boring work right and the thing about it is especially when you start getting into your branding your marketing it's actually not boring it's actually pretty exciting because you're thinking about what kind of advertising am I going to make what kind of marketing am I going to do you know what are my sales pitches going to look like what are my social media pages going to look like? You know, what are my visuals going to be? It gets really interesting again, and it gets really exciting when you start thinking of the graphics, start thinking of the visuals. And this is really all start. It all starts from here. It all starts from here. So link to get your domain name and a link to download the free brand audit template. All for you for this episode of The Ambition Show. And I would love to know what you guys think of the TED Talk. Like I said, there's a link in the description. Check out Simon Sinek's TED Talk. Leave a comment. 
I would love to hear what you guys have to say. I'm gonna respond to those comments. I mean, cause it's it's frankly, it's one of the best, and that's the cool thing about TED Talks. You can watch this, you know, just in between binge watching and you know your, your favorite show on on Netflix, or if you're already watching something on YouTube, boom. When your playlist is done, bop over to TED Talk, check out the TED Talk by Simon Sinek and say, hey, you know what? Now I'm going to leave a comment on the Ambition Show YouTube page and uh, I'm going to let Aaron know what I think about it. And frankly, Aaron, you misquoted Simon Sinek or Aaron, this is my favorite part of the TED Talk or Aaron, you know what? Is there another TED Talk you can suggest? Because there's a couple others <laughs> that I can suggest. You know, I just had this whole conversation in my head. I should be scared, but I'm not. Anywho, so... With that, guys, next episode of The Ambition Show, we will be covering a topic near and dear to my heart and quite honestly, the lifeblood to a lot of businesses right now and something we all need to be focused on learning more about or utilizing to our advantage. This is my wheelhouse. This is what I love to not only talk about, but I love to do on a daily basis, digital marketing. And it's not just you know, one activity, one practice. It's a series of platforms or or tools, if you will, or different activities just in the digital world, right? So a lot of us understand the basis of marketing. We're going to go over the basics and really what marketing is, but how that applies to the digital and to the, the world of online services, products and services that are out here and how you can use it to your advantage. Okay, we're gonna demystify a lot of it, get rid of some of the confusion, because unfortunately, a lot of people still have, you know, um, a misunderstanding of not only what digital marketing is, but really what marketing is in general, right? How does marketing help you on a day in and day out basis as a business owner? What are some tools and activities you can do? Well, you don't have to be a digital marketing specialist. You don't have to be, you know, a professional SEO, anything like that. But you can get the basics down, some of the fundamentals down to help you be more confident in what you're doing, whether it be email marketing, social media, you know, online promotions, no matter what aspect it is, we're gonna cover all of those and a little bit more. That way you can be more confident in how your business can effectively building sales pipelines, how you can be creating new leads, and really the business can run like a weld oil machine. That way it's running while you sleep, while you're on vacation. That way you're no longer the business, but the business is still operating even when you're not as hands-on. That's one of the best parts if you understand and know how to utilize a lot of digital marketing tools. A lot of your business can be basically still profitable and running when you're not even touching it. And that's the best part about it. So next episode, what is digital marketing? We're gonna go over that, go in depth about the fundamentals, the basic practices and a lot of activities you can become more confident in as a business owner and as an entrepreneur. And the best thing about it if you are really looking to become more of a digital marketing specialist, you know, one particular area or um, all encompassing, you know, kind of a full stack digital marketer, if you will, this is absolutely the perfect episode for you because you'll understand the different points of digital marketing, how I got started in it, why I, just, why I really decided to get more involved in the industry and straight up how you can really get started. You know, if you're, if you're looking to make, um, a big splash you want to become a consultant or have your own agency we're going to go into all of it so next episode of the ambition show what is digital marketing i thank you and appreciate you guys stopping by let me know in your let me know in the comments and reviews let me know what you think of this episode and also let me know what topics you may want to cover in the future but until then 
Peace. Best to you and your loved ones. Thank you for stopping by the Ambition Show. Look forward to seeing you next episode. I've been your host, Aaron Muhammad. Take it easy, y'all.